You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Welcome to this week's Momentum. It is uh, so good to have you tuning in. Really appreciate you doing that. It's Tim and Daz with you once again. Daz, how are you today, my friend? Are you well? So good, man. So good. Yeah, enjoying life and enjoying what I get the pleasure of doing, like talking to you most days of the week. So it's really good. <laughs> well, you know, Momentum does exist, uh, aside from, from Des and I getting to chat to each other, but to, to explore uh, topics that uh, relate to you, the men listening, and maybe ladies too, that you can get some greater understanding around how men work. Uh, we just want to point you to the website for a moment, MomentumAustralia.org. A uh, bunch of stuff on there you can check out. If you want to th- give us some feedback about the show, we'd love to hear that too. You can check out previous episodes of the show as well. And also financially support Momentum. We are a not-for-profit ministry and uh, any support would be really appreciated to keep Momentum on the air, which is all around the country now, which is fantastic. So wherever you are listening right now, we welcome you to this week's Momentum. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. And Des, we've got uh, a special guest with us today who's been on Momentum previously. Why don't you introduce our guest for us? I would love to. We've got Rob Furlong with us. And uh, Rob is uh, senior pastor at Woodvale Baptist Church in Perth. And he's been there since 2017. Prior to that, he served at Perth. Thornley Church of Christ and at Baptist Churches in Western Australia as a pastoral consultant. I've never heard of a pastoral consultant. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds really cool. He's passionate about leadership um, and leadership development, mission and God's word, and you can't get any better than those three. And his extensive experience in teaching and training and preaching to both leaders and obviously to his church uh, congregation. Over the years, uh, he's had regular spots on radio with Tim um, and uh, always offers wisdom and advice around relationships. And we're so delighted to have you with us, Rob, today. Thanks, Des. Thanks, Tim. Good to be here with you. Welcome back to Momentum. And, uh, you know, you and I have had many conversations over the years around relationships specifically, but uh, we, we all know that healthy relationships really start with healthy people. And so today we're talking about an aspect of this that might be unfamiliar to guys, but it's an important aspect. And you may have heard this phrase before or not, but today we're talking about facing your shadow. And if you're not familiar with that term, stay tuned, we will explain that to you. Google, by the way, when it talks about this, which I thought was really interesting, is the side of your personality that contains all of the parts of yourself that you don't want to admit to having. Don't you love that? All those bits that you don't really want to (laughs) admit that you've got, well, that's essentially what it's saying is your shadow. Would you agree with that, Rob? Yes, absolutely. It's it's the thing that lurks in the background. (laughs) And actually, I think uh, the other thing that needs to be said is it affects us uh, in ways that we are not even aware of. Hmm. And that's that's yeah. the issue that we're trying to get into today is to, as you said, becoming a little bit more self-aware. Yes. But the issue with the shadow is it affects us and we don't even know it's doing it. So so let's talk about places. that because it, it, it goes on to say in Google, it, it's first an, an unconscious side. It's only through effort to become self-aware that we recognize our shadow. So I suppose there's a, the challenge instantly is that it's unconscious, right? It's stuff that we're not even thinking about. Yeah. So how do we even start to become aware of it? <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, <laughs> maybe if I share how it's helped me to become aware of it <laughs> is being married to my wonderful wife, Karen, for over 40 years. And I've often said that where I, where I stand in my relationship with Karen, it's one of the things I love about it, but I am never going to die wondering. <laughs> <laughs> because she will tell me 
so I know where I stand. Can I, I pause you there and can, yeah. can you give us some examples? This example goes back to, I, I can actually give you the date, 1989. And it was, it would have been late 1989. We were on holidays and there would be times that I would, I talked a little bit last time I was on air, but I would struggle with my anger and the way I would express it. Hmm. Not that I would become violent, but I would become verbally abusive and... It wasn't that it happened all the time, but it would build up. And it was my anger is kind of the anger that just simmers away and it simmers away. And then finally, there's the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's the eruption. Back. It's the eruption and it's not good. Anyway, on this particular occasion, when it erupted, my daughter, she's five at the time, had done something. And I, I, I still deeply regret it. I just grabbed her and threw her on the bed. You know, just threw her down. You know, mm. I was so angry. And it was at that point that Karen said, told me to stop but also confronted the fact you've got to deal with this and that was a wake-up call and I thought I do I have to face this and part of the facing of that was the way in which anger was managed or not managed in my family and but this was lurking over me but Mm. and you know you, you could see yourself and your parents in other situations but you don't really realize it and it was that point of Karen challenging that that made me it was it really was a wake-up call there's two points in that the first is that you in those moments and and let's be honest as as men and as husbands we don't often Mm. take that correction from our wives well right and you could have shut that down you could have responded you could have just negated that but there was something in you that took that on board and i think that's the first part right is the acknowledgement to go actually you know what you're right there's truth being spoken right now and i need to acknowledge that i guess that's the first part that is part of it but I'm also going to say to Tim that what goes into that is the type of person or personality. And I'm not using that as an excuse. There are certain personalities, I think, that are going to find it easier to, in that moment, say, you're right. And it's not to say that one personality is better than another. I want to be really clear about that. Mm. <clears throat> the type of personality that I have is very introspective and mm. is very conscious of wrongs and, and things where other people might say, ah, I'll angst over that. For I, I can angst over something for days because I'm inward looking. My personality is it's important to be right. And it's not about my way or the highway, but it's uh, put into a Christian context, I want to be right before God. Mm. So because I'm that sort of makeup, you know, when Karen says that, it's like, I know she's right. Some personalities are not wired that way. It's going to take a little bit longer. But yes, at some point... At some point, yes, we have to actually be humble enough Mm. to say, I accept that. Because the flip side, so that guys don't get discouraged, the flip side of my personality would be, I could be inclined to say, who do you think you are? Mm. You know, I'm better than you. (laughs) That's the other, that's one of the downsides of my personality. So it requires humility. We have to be humble enough to say, I've got to hear this. Mm. Yeah. And it's uh, multidimensional as well, isn't it? Uh, It's just, you know, it's not just one thing in your life. That is a shadow. The shadow encompasses all sorts of things in your world. And it could it could be one or two, but it could be a whole swag of things that are impacting how you live your life. Absolutely. And it, it usually actually is a whole swag of things, Des. I think the good thing is, is that we don't have to do with the whole swag of things at once. Yeah, that's right. As we're talking to men today, and to, let, let's put it into the context of our relationship with God, okay? Mm. The wonderful thing about 
a relationship with God is. And now that the Holy Spirit indwells us and wants to point out these things to us and, mm. and actually deal with the shadow stuff, I think that's quite biblical. The wonderful thing about God is, is he doesn't do it all at once because yeah. we couldn't cope with it. Mm. it it's like, mm-hmm. so in that particular point, the story I told, that was the area God was going to work on. But then there have been other specific times where he wants to go on a different area. That's the wonderful thing. It's it's like renovating a house. When you renovate a house, mm. you do it. You tend to do it step by step. If you do it all at once, it can be overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Now the word mm-hmm. of caution there is, if we spend, and this comes back to what you're saying, Tim, about self awareness and being humble enough to receive it. If we make it a habit for decades in our life of of refusing those moments where someone's speaking to our life or we're made aware of something, I think what does happen is we actually get to a point where we do collapse and we suddenly have to deal with it all at once. Mm. And, you know, yeah. and there's a whole, and all this stuff comes out. Mm. So my advice to the guys listening today is if, if you're becoming aware of stuff, don't ignore it because it will catch up with you. Mm. It will catch yeah. up with you at some point. Yeah. Uh, you're tuned into Momentum, by the way, with Tim and Daz, and our special guest is Rob Furlong, and we're talking about facing your shadow. So, Rob, you, you talked there f- that for you it was this, uh, this awareness piece around your anger. Um, let's come back and talk about how you, de- how you dealt with that. Um, but before we go there, for guys listening right now who might be going, okay, the anger thing I can relate to, but I'm not sure about other things. What other things might we use to describe the shadow that lurks in the background what what sorts of other things might be indicative that there's things there how we treat women and by there i want to push into the area of sex sexuality our sexual desires those that can be a shadow that that shadow lurks over every man i believe Mm. to greater or lesser extents Mm. but it lurks over us but i'll give you a classic example of this let's take john f kennedy now, we, look, we don't know all the story of John F. Kennedy, but there's no doubt that sexually he, you know, he, was, he went outside his marriage. There's all sorts of stuff like that. He, uh, I guess the term we use, he was a player. It was interesting. The eye-opener for me was about 20 years ago reading the story of his father, Joseph Kennedy, and the way he treated women. And there was a particular story that was told where his sons saw how he was behaving to another woman. Hmm who was working for them in the house, all of a sudden the pieces fall into place because that's what dad modelled to his sons. Mm. And that's what was certainly in the case of JFK, that's what he took into life with him. Mm. Did he ever become aware of that? I don't know. I don't know. But for me, reading that, I thought, man, that is powerful. because, And who knows what Joseph Kenny had Kennedy had had model to him mm. but that spectre lurks there yeah, I yeah. guess the biblical thing that we're talking about here if guys are questioning this the biblical thing that we're, que- we're talking about here is where God said to Moses I will visit the sins of the fathers to mm. the third and fourth generations mm. the interesting thing is that that's talking about the consequences of sin and we see the consequences of sin handed on from generation to generation to generation. I see it in my family. You see it in your family, Tim. You've seen it in yours, mm-hmm. Des. It, it's yeah, not yeah. so much the sin itself. It's the consequences of the sin and what's mm. passed on to us. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I like, I, I'm interested what you said there about that, that our view of women uh, and every man kind of dealing with that. And I think you're right to some degree. 
Um, we talked about that. We've talked about anger. Are, are there things that guys might not be aware of that could be the dark side of them, the shadow, anything that lurks in the background? What gives you your sense of sense of worth? For a lot of guys, that's work. Hmm. And mm-hmm. what you have to, you and I were at a meeting recently where we were reminded again by the speaker, but I think it resonated with everybody as the speaker said. He knew that he was working his guts out, mm. and he was in Christian ministry, but he was working his guts out because he wanted to prove himself. Trying he was trying something. to prove himself, yeah. prove his worth. Yeah. And that's true of all walks of life, You know, whether you're a plumber or a yes. computer guy, whatever it is, you, know, you all have that, that, that desire to make people know that you're doing a good job. So for me, on that one, that was when I started working through prior to the anger one. <laughs> God just laid this on my heart. But I realised that I was working hard. I was trying to actually prove myself to my dad. That sort of aha moment where you sit there and you think, I'm actually trying to prove to him that I'm a person of worth, that what I'm doing is worthwhile. Mm. Um, yeah. Because he was a hard worker. That's huge. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. Can, can I just speak into that space as well? Because um, you were made aware by Karen, your wife, that that you need to deal with this. So there will be guys listening now who have a significant other in their life that will perhaps make them aware of certain things. But there'll also be guys listening right now who don't have that. Yes. So if if they don't have somebody that necessarily speaks into their life in that capacity, whether it's a partner or whether it's a friend, how do they go about, I suppose, some self-exploration in this space to go, okay, what parts of me might might I need to start looking at and dealing with here? I suspect that all men, you know, I'm, I'm, I can be guilty of generalising, but I, I think deep down all of us know that there's stuff in us that's not right. Hmm. And yes, if you don't have someone speaking into your life, I still think that in our quiet moments, that quote that you guys had from Warwick Marsh, you know, men live lives of quiet, quiet desperation. desperation is spot on and in our in our silent moments our reflective moments we know there's stuff ticking away and so i would say to any man listening today that little niggle that's there that thing that keeps niggling away at you that bothers you you might not understand it you might not know what what's contributing to it but follow the niggle listen to it and seek out somebody and in this case i would say if it takes going to a counselor or if you do have a friend that you might feel confident open up with, talk to your friend or find a counsellor to say, look, this is bothering me. I don't get it. I don't know what's what's going on. Follow that niggle mm. because it's there for a reason. Mm. Mm. Just talking into that briefly, I mean, we've, we, we certainly in Momentum push the fact that men need to have men around them. And, uh, and I was interviewed yesterday and one of the things I said was, find a friend now. Find a friend before you start to face things because it's very hard to find that friend when you're in the middle of a crisis. So just find a mate. Find somebody who you trust, somebody that you like, somebody you can confide in, you've known for maybe a while, and and link with that person. And then when things start to go pear-shaped, you have somebody that you can discuss these issues with. Mm. It's fantastic advice, Des. Look, I've just come off coming here this morning to the studio. I've just come off meeting with a friend. We've been meeting for oh, well, probably twenty-five years, so we we know we know each wow. other. But it's still, 
in those situations, there are times when you're going to be vulnerable and it's like, mm. Mm. <laughs> but I had yeah. uh, some stuff I wanted to talk to him about and mm. it was just yeah, great. You take that step to talk mm. and it just lifted mm. the, the value yeah. of friendship. And could I just speak into that as well? Because all three of us on this call right now and you listening <laughs> will have that moment where you are challenged to step into that space of being vulnerable and bearing something in your life that you perhaps have never told somebody before and it is going to be hard. We're not going to sugarcoat that and say it's going to be straightforward. Even Rob, there, you've known this guy for 20 odd years and you still get that, oh, do I really want to say this? Do I really want to go there? Do I really want to let this person know what's really in my heart or, or the person that I am that nobody else sees? And that is really, really confronting. But... The plus side of that is far beyond the initial fear that you feel. And when you when you can have that sense of vulnerability and openness with someone, um, it leads to that sort of relationship where it actually draws you closer and you've got that safe space to share. And it is like, like you say, a problem shared is a problem halved. And it's so true. The way that you feel lift when you share that sort of stuff. And it might be stuff that you've been carrying for years. Uh, you'll feel an instant sense of relief and an instant sense of, I'm so glad I did that, even though it was definitely. really tough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're talking about facing your shadow. Uh, well, guest, special guest this uh, this week is Rob Furlong. Rob, we'll even come back and hear how you faced your shadow in just a moment because we didn't get to that. But uh, in the meantime, you can check out our website, MomentumAustralia.org. Lots of stuff on there for you to uh, check out with uh, regards to this ministry. And we'd love to have your feedback as well. MomentumAustralia.org. We're talking with Rob Furlong. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Momentum. We're about to delve into the second part of the show. Wherever you are around the country, we really appreciate you tuning in. Just a reminder, the website, MomentumAustralia.org. Our special guest today is uh, Rob Furlong. Rob is the senior pastor of Woodvale Baptist Church in Perth uh, since 2017. Done a whole bunch of stuff before then. He's got a whole bunch of advice around relationships and uh, emotional education and self-development. And we're talking today about facing your shadow, which is essentially the sides of your personality uh, that contains all the parts of yourself you don't really want to admit to having. You know the stuff in the background that you sit there, it sits there, and we go, yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't really, really want to talk about that. We don't want to acknowledge that too much. And yet the reality is that if we don't, we're only firstly hurting ourselves. Secondly, we might be hurting our wife and our family. And the idea is then that we bring this stuff into the forefront and we start dealing with this. And Rob, you were sharing in the first part of the show that uh, this this happened for you. You this. Uh, outburst for you of anger and your wife was kind of challenging you saying hey I think you need to deal with that so let's talk about then this once we've become aware of something in our lives and you said before the break about this little niggle that can often sit in men that that really is a pointer of something that we might need to explore or, or deal with and for most men we really know what that is when we sit still it's just that we may not want to acknowledge it. So once we've acknowledged this, then how do we deal with that? And let's put you on the spot and say, for you, when Karen highlighted for you this thing about your anger, and she said, you need to go and deal with that. A, how did you feel and how did you start that process? The first place I'm going to start with is faith. And obviously, because I'm a Christian, I'm committed to God, I started to pray about it. And that was important. And... Mm. Asking, actually asking God for help and for strength in these situations. So I didn't, I didn't actually go out and seek professional counsel on this. It's a long time ago. All I know is the, the, the key issue was I began to pray about it, ask for God's help, 
and out of that relationship with God, out of that came wisdom where he spoke into it. And I can remember, I, I can't give you the specifics of it, but I can I can remember that it was through prayer, through talking to God, uh, obviously reading scripture, but I, I started to become aware of patterns yeah. in my life and identifying this cycle. So at the point of, of the anger issue, I wouldn't have recognized a cycle, but as I started to be more reflective and think about it, I I identified a pattern of how things would build up, and that there was a sequence and a, and a you know a mm. regularity to this. Mm. So identifying the pattern was good, because when I identified the pattern, then you become a more you, in identifying that you become more aware as things are building up, so that when a potential situation comes that might you know in the past you've crossed the line Mm. you're much more aware to think hang on a minute let's just back off on that so there was something of that process uh, in that particular issue and you know obviously it goes without saying I had Karen's support in that but and it wasn't perfect overnight but because I actually began to genuinely become more aware of being in the moment being prayerful asking God for strength in those issues I began to div- I began to string together a much better pattern of handling that situation. Hmm. Um, maybe to go a little bit further, and it might be pushing forward into a few years later when I went through burnout, and, and this I think because I want I'm aware we want to be practical for guys here. So that was a time where everything just caved in on me, and so the steps out of that as I became aware of it, was yes, obviously you start with your faith. But then, uh, and I've spoken about the support of Karen, or if you don't have a wife, uh, you want a support of a good friend. But then in that process, there was good friends that I had around me. Now let me say this about good friends, because they're they're people you can just talk to Mm. and offload about things Mm. and get their support and prayer. What I found out about this was that not every friend is going to be the right friend. And yes. I would say that even more concretely for counsel. Not all counsel is the right counsel. Mm. It doesn't mean mm. that the person is a bad person, but it may, and I, I can think of a situation where the counsel I got was not right for me. It wasn't about the person and being a bad person, but it wasn't right for me and it actually didn't help. So when you're looking, whether it be friends or you're actually getting some professional counsel or or good counsel mm. it's got to be the right counsel for you and you will and you have to be discerning and know that and i think that's a really important factor here of steps out so it's that combination of this faith you start pr- pressing into god reading scripture i had to do that mentioned the, f- the, the you know if your wife is supportive and encouraging you and can i say this to guys don't let your wife become your counselor Mm. I think that's important because there are some things that you should not talk to your wife about. Mm. It's not about, and that's hard. That's hard for a personality like me because we've got a very open relationship. But it's understanding you don't have to go into all the nitty gritty details. That that can actually do more harm than good. Mm. And a wife has to understand that as well. But when you're going into those nitty gritty details, it's got to be the right counsel, the right person to talk to you. I think that's really, really sound advice. And uh, it's interesting um, finding a person who you 
know will be able to fit into that slot for you. Have you any tips with, for men on how they would identify that person? Are they people who have gone through it before or are they just people that you know you can trust? What, what advice would you give men? I definitely think if the guy himself has been through that, let's just talk about friends, if he's been through that, um, very definitely because you can learn from how did they work through it, how did they talk it through, how did they, you know, what steps helped them, that type of thing. When it comes to more professional counsel, I think it, it's good to get good advice from people who may have been helped by that particular person. So in my case, the doctor, he's an, actually a medical doctor, and this was at a point I'd, yeah. I'd come back to work, but I was, there was still a whole bunch of stuff in my head, and I just needed to unpack this stuff. And it was interesting because I'd been thinking about this guy because I'd heard that he'd done work like this with mm. other people, and I'd been thinking about him. And it was funny because I, I talked it over with Karen and she just happened to mention it to a good friend. And she said, well, I've heard X, Y, Z about him. And she said, can't hurt. <laughs> and again, it's actually listening. It's actually listening. She was not negative about him, but she said, I know that he's helped X, Y, Z people. Can't hurt. Mm. And it, I think sometimes yeah. you have to listen for God speaking in those moments as well. And I just felt God was saying, what's it going to cost you? Yeah. And I went, made an appointment. And I've never regretted it. That was oh, well over. Oh, it's probably fourteen or fifteen years ago, hmm. and I've never regretted it. I'm still seeing. And, and, and the process is not necessarily fixed overnight. No, and I think you said that earlier. You know, it's a it's a journey on each of the issues. It's a journey, um, and and obviously there's milestones where. You know, you see an improvement, then you might drop back a bit, or and then you might go forward and so forth. So it's it's it really is um, a life management issue, for want of a better word. I think that's important because when you look at growth, it's not like it's we we sometimes think that growth is just one steady going forward. But yeah. often what happens is you do make let's say you make three steps forward, but you might go back one. But then you go forward another three steps. Th- mm. That's how growth happens. Mm. You know, and, there, and there are key moments along the way that propel you to the next phase of growth. Can I sit in that space for a moment, but also go back to something you mentioned in the first part of the show, which was this idea that um, the shadow is unconscious and we bring awareness to that. And then for you, it was your anger that was brought to you i mean it was it was obvious to to everybody in that room that that hey there, there might be something here but can i ask you then did you in that process of delving into that figure out what the trigger was because we talked about stuff that we've inherited from our parents or things that we're trying to do to impress our parents or whatever and then you know we can come back to the actual trigger of well why why was rob furlong having anger issues did you ever kind of really nail where that kind of came from initially yeah man that's a good question because some people would say rightly that at the basis of anger there's fear that the fear is really the thing that's driving it i i i think actually the trigger for me was if you call it a trigger i think what i recognized in the process tim was maybe not so much the trigger as I was just handling anger inappropriately and I had inadequate ways of dealing with it. So it had never been modelled properly at home. So it was, you know, it was always verbal abuse, sometimes not 
I wasn't physically abused, but you know, my parents would lay into you if they were giving you a belting or something like that, uh, and that was not appropriate. So I'd never had that modelled to me. But I would say that where the point I went back to probably, so I was late 20s when I started to deal with this. I went back to a point when I was probably, I, I probably have to be about 14, and I remember trying to do something this little project I was working on at home and it wouldn't work and I just started to lose it not yelling but Hmm. and I just remember this voice saying to me Christians don't get angry Hmm. that wasn't God but what I did was I thought okay yeah I shouldn't be showing angry so I just suppressed it you suppressed it and that's how I spent the next 15 or 16 years of my life was Hmm. I just suppressed and suppressed and suppressed the anger Hmm. And so it may not have been so much the trigger, but there was something that would trigger because I could suppress it for only so long and then it would come out. Mm. And maybe maybe this is the trigger because in the process of dealing with this, what I recognised was that I was doing a great job until we had kids. Mm. Mm. And then kids have a marvellous way of, bringing, <laughs> of triggering anger. Pushing the buttons. <laughs> they do. They have a marvellous way of pushing your buttons. And... It w- and that so those were the things I identified, and they were helpful to me. Mm. Um, and that and poor modelling that I'd had at home. Yeah. So in in summary, Rob, give me three or four key tips for men right now who may be saying, "I've got a problem with this. I need to do something about it." What are the four or five tips you would give those men? So yeah, you, it doesn't. We're not necessarily saying about anger, but whatever it might be, you're dealing with. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Sure. Look, first thing I want to say to guys is, we are image bearers of God. We are created in the image of God. Men and women fully express the image of God. So the point here is, guys, that our meaning in life and our sense of worth and who we are is derived from the fact that God has created us in his image Hmm. and he's designed us Hmm. to be in relationship with him. We are not defined by what we do. We're defined by who we are and who defines us is God. We we have so lost that concept in our society. That's why we've got a generation out there that a whole, and not just one generation, we've got millions of people out there who just don't know who they are. And they're trying to prove their worth by, oh, I'm this and I'm that or whatever. Your worth is defined by the fact that you're created in the image of God. You bear his image and he loves you deeply. You're flawed. You've got some problems, but he loves you deeply. That's the first thing. Second thing is, if you're a Christian, God has adopted you into his family. Hmm. And J.I. Packer said that justification is a great doctrine. You know, We're saved by grace through faith. That's great, but he said actually adoption's even better mm. because because we're saved, God has said, I have brought you into my family. You are my son. You are my daughter. He's adopted us in, and that's fantastic. And one, as one pastor said, uh, look, I, I talk about pastors. I'm coming from my experience, but let's just talk about men, okay, because we all do this. You, When you understand that you are adopted by God, you're not a slave anymore. You're a son. Mm. And you don't have to slave away to prove yourself to God. There's nothing to prove. He knows all about you anyway. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you need yeah. Jesus to make you the person. He's adopted mm. you in. There's nothing you can do anymore to get his approval. So resting in that. Um, the third thing I'd say is that you know our goal in life is to love God well and to love other people well. And when we love God well and when we understand that God sees me as an image bearer, that changes how we see other people. And hey, mm. I... 
I am not perfect in that. There are times when I just look at some people and I think, you've got to be kidding me. Mm. <laughs> you're a, you are a difficult person to love. Mm. But you know what? I can be difficult to love at times as well. Mm. Hard as that is for me to admit. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, just one final thing is, we've got to, as men, we, we've, we've got to embrace our weakness. You know, we love to put forward that we're strong, but we, are, we have weaknesses. And what did the Apostle Paul say? When I am weak, then I am strong mm. because of God's strength and power working in me. Honestly, all of this stuff, I think we are so much healthier when we, I'm, I'm having strongly on the faith side here, but faith relationship with God plays an important part in all of this. It's depending on God, resting in him, and that's going to be a lifelong journey. You're not going to get there overnight. Yeah. Wow. So much in those points, Rob. Um, thank you so mm-hmm. much for sharing those. And and I love the last part, embracing our weaknesses. And, and I know you said off air that our weakness, our biggest weakness can often be our biggest strength if we actually learn to deal with it and submit it to mm-hmm. God and allow him to work into that space. Facing your shadow has been the topic today on Momentum. Hopefully you've gleaned a lot from that. And actually, I would encourage you to go back and re-listen to this on the podcast because there's so much in today's, uh, in today's show. And our special guest of visiting, Rob, Rob Furlong. Rob, we really appreciate all you've just inputted into us, mate. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Great talking with you guys. Thank you. You've been listening to Momentum wherever you've been around the country. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Looking forward to joining you next week on the show. In the meantime, I encourage you to check out the website once again, MomentumAustralia.org. A whole bunch of stuff on there that's going to help you in your journey, plus previous uh, episodes of the show, of course. And as we have said before, if you can financially support Momentum in whatever that looks like to keep the show on the air, we'd really, really appreciate your support. Thanks for doing that in advance. MomentumAustralia.org. Des, a pleasure having you here, mate. Thanks for jumping in. Always good, man. It's just such a joy. And thank you, Rob. Thank you. Good talking to you both again. Yeah, really good. And we'll catch you next week on Momentum. Until then, you take care. God bless. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.